In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio, 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I'm director of ministry for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Folks, as tough as it is, we get it. Loss is part of life, this side of heaven, and the death of a loved one is the most painful. It can feel like the grief is never-ending. J. Hudson Taylor, a British missionary to China and founder of the China Inland Mission, lost his wife and two children while serving in China. After his wife died, he wrote this, I feel utterly crushed. Oftentimes, my heart is nigh to breaking. But with all I had almost said, I never knew what peace and happiness were before. So much have I enjoyed in the very sorrow. Gosh, how can this be? Well, the answer lies through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the good news of the gospel, the very theme of this show. The resurrection of Christ that we celebrate this Easter weekend is the, is the foundation of our faith, and that's because resurrection is not a hope-so faith, it is a no-so faith. Because of the love, compassion, and power God displayed some 2,000 years ago, that continues into eternity. Well, our guest today will unpack this truth through a story in Luke 7, describing a woman who experienced a double tragedy, losing both her husband and her only son. She lost the two people she loved most in the world. She lost her support, and she was alone. Yet her encounter with Jesus changed everything. Consider what Jesus said in John 11, 25 and 26 to Martha shortly after the death of her brother Lazarus. He says this, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Folks, we pray that wherever you are on your spiritual journey this day, this weekend, that we will be able to help you answer this question with greater clarity and conviction this Easter. We're going to talk about this. We're going to unpack this. And of course, you know the drill. Here to get us started and introduce our guest for the day is my good friend, my buddy, my co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. Hey, buddy, good to see you, man. Good to see you, and happy Resurrection Weekend. But as believers, we know every weekend, every day, is actually Resurrection Day because of the good news of the gospel. of Jesus overcoming sin, overcoming death, and overcoming the grave, so that all those who believe in what he's done on our behalf uh, no longer have to be slaves to sin, but can become sons and daughters of the Almighty God, that we serve and we talk about. And when we get around, long-time listeners know this, uh, Easter weekend, we do this also around Christmas weekend. 
and we do it around Thanksgiving weekend. We change up our format just a little bit about what we are doing here on the show. It's always about the gospel, but how we communicate, it's a little different from week to week, but we are especially privileged on weekends like this to have pastors from right here in the Washington metro area come in to speak about the truth about the gospel. And we're privileged again today to have Pastor Chris Six being one of those people who's doing that. Let me tell you a little bit about him. He's the pastor of the One Voice Fellowship, a multilingual church in Falls Church, Virginia, with members from 16 countries. He is both the founder and president of For the Nations DC, which offers English classes to refugees and immigrants so that our new neighbors here in the Washington metro area can learn English, but also, and more importantly, experience the love of Jesus. Chris served on staff at Alexandria Prez Church for 20 years. He was the pastor of mercy there. He labored to show compassion in word and also indeed to the congregation in the community he was called to. Previously, he also worked at Gospel Rescue Mission, which is a homeless shelter and drug treatment program in the D.C. area and actually in Washington, D.C. He ran a scholarship and mentoring program for inner city youth. He's been a newspaper editor, a restaurant manager, and an army officer. Um, he's done a whole lot of things, Dennis, but, uh, man, what's he doing in his spare time? Gosh, I don't know. Come on, man. Uh, well, let me tell you this. He's also a graduate of Reformed Theological Seminary, and he's a published author of the book, Tangible, Making God Known Through Deeds of Mercy and Words of Truth, which you can pick up wherever you pick up your books and they're sold. Chris is going to talk a little bit about this today, but, uh, he lost his first wife, Sarah, to breast cancer through the grace of God. He's now remarried to Naomi. Uh, and they have four teenagers raising them together for the cause of Jesus Christ. So, Chris, thanks for being on the show, and thanks for being here with us today. Great to be with you, brothers. Now, we always, when people say it's great to be with us, we hope by the time it's done, you still feel the same way, just to be honest, Chris. So, Absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, this is Resurrection Weekend, and rightfully so. When we think about Resurrection Weekend, the resurrection that comes to mind is the one of Jesus Christ, his resurrection that changed everything. But I'm not sure a lot of us have taken a lot of time to think about the fact that the resurrection of Jesus Christ isn't the only resurrection that is mentioned in Scripture. So help us out a little bit that when we think about the Bible and we peel through all 66 of those books, how many resurrections are actually recorded there? I find 10 in the Bible. I don't know if somebody will come up with a different number, but that's 10, including the resurrection Mm -hmm. of Jesus himself. And, you know, of course, his resurrection is the reason for Easter, which we're celebrating this weekend. Um, But I thought it'd be helpful and maybe interesting for us to share a few thoughts about a different resurrection, one that happened just a couple of years before Christ's own death and resurrection. Um, in this town called Nain. And yeah. would it be okay if I Yeah, I think it's passage? great. In fact, I have to be really honest. I was looking through the things you were talking about, and I thought, this is a brilliant thing to talk about at Easter. I wish I would have thought about that. So, but nonetheless, <laughs> I'm glad you're going to share it with us. Uh, that's found in. So, uh, Brian is changing his sermon for Easter, Chris. I'm just saying, yeah. man. You know, I better get on it really quick. Let's that's right. That. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, exactly. You know, you, you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned the story there uh, in Luke chapter 7, verse 11 to 17. Why don't you uh, read it for our listeners, if you would? All right. Sounds good. Starting in verse 11, Luke 7. It says Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, Behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said to her, Do not weep. 
And then he came up and touched the beer, the basket that the boy was in. And the bearers stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. And fear seized them all. And they glorified God, saying, a great prophet has arisen among us. And God has visited his people. And this report about him spread through the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. Yeah, that's a good word. And it strikes me that maybe some of our listeners uh, don't recall that story from Sunday school or whatever it might be, or maybe have never heard this story at all. And just hearing it read is a powerful moment. But for you, what do you think makes this particular story so uniquely powerful? I think it's the deep compassion that Jesus had for the woman in the story. Like her dead son isn't actually the focus of the miracle. Um, Luke reported to us that when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Mm. do not weep. Right. So before Jesus does anything else, he goes straight to the woman, to the to the one whose heart is broken. Uh, This woman who was probably asking in her heart, you know, why did God let this happen? Where was God when my son was sick? And, And where is he now? And, and, you know, Luke, as you highlighted, said, tells us that the young man who died was the only son of his mother, and mm-hmm. she was a widow. So in a place and time when women couldn't own land, they depended on men for their security and their physical resources. This woman has lost everything. And so she wasn't only burying her son that day. Yeah. She was burying her hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think you bring out some things there, especially culturally, that we probably miss here being 2,000 or so years removed from when this was written, but also culturally being a Western culture versus an Eastern culture and how so much was wrapped around. If you were a widow and you did not have a son, you did not have a husband, you were by then definition without hope, not just in in the life to come, but in the current situation and that has to be an amazing tragedy where I think it draws out some questions that um, could happen in life. Things like, you know, why me, all of those sort of things. And we'll get to that. But I love the fact that the Bible tells us that we do not have a high priest that isn't able to empathize with us, you know, and, and you see that moment, him speaking into her pain, see him speaking into that moment. And for Easter, when we understand the resurrection, it begins to bring hope to the hopeless. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. And he begins that process of bringing hope to the hopeless by seeing us. Like, did you mm-hmm. notice that it begins when it says Jesus saw her? He had compassion on her. Um, and even after he raises her son from the dead, the attention turns back to her. Um, Luke says Jesus gave him to his mother. Um, the author, Paul Miller has a wonderful book called love walked among us. And in love walked among us, Miller points out that in everything Jesus does in this passage, he always places the woman, the the one who is hurting and broken at the center of Christ's actions. Um, just imagine what that would be like for Jesus to see you, to see your hurt, right? To give you his full attention Um, this woman thinks her life is over. Um, But when Jesus gives her son new life, 
he also gives her new life. Don't you mm-hmm. think? I think that's yeah, what yeah. we see here. Yeah. I, you know, and I think there's a lot of our listeners who maybe not have experienced uh, the loss of a husband or the loss of a son or certainly both, but they have experienced loss in some way. And I think there's a whole lot of darkness sometimes that the enemy wants to, to bring in. And knowing that Jesus sees us and having that same eyes of compassion towards us that he had for this woman, I mean, that that's amazing. Now, talking about some of our listeners experiencing difficulty and challenge and tragedy, you know, one of the things that I'm honored by you being on this show with us today is you as well have experienced tragedy. And so when you're talking about the power of Jesus seeing you, when you're talking about the power of the resurrection, you're not talking about it from what I would like to say a theoretical way, but you're actually talking about it from a real practical way. So how has that shown up in your life, the power, and then of course the tragedy? Yeah. You know, my, my first wife, Sarah, used to say, no one wants to be led through the desert by someone who hasn't been through the desert. Mm. And it's a, it's a privilege that we wouldn't want to have, to have that kind of grief and pain and be able to walk others through it. But it's what the Lord had for me and my family. I was married to Sarah for 17 years, um, and she had cancer for nine of those years. Uh, when she was diagnosed, our children were one, three, and five. Um, yeah. And so it's been their whole life. And as that cancer moved up to her neck and then moved into her brain, she would get weaker and weaker. But like the Lord used Sarah in powerful ways, uh, speaking to others with cancer until she passed in 2016. Um, but for me, it was just, it was a sprint running on adrenaline for all those nine years. I was caring for Sarah. I was caring for our kids. I was working at the church. And I mean, I was truly overwhelmed. I didn't even realize it at the time. And now we're still grieving right? You know, grief is a journey. It's not a destination. And so grief is something that we continue to walk through. But one of the things I said at Sarah's funeral, as I still believe, is that grief and hope are not incompatible. Jesus holds them together. And he holds us. He holds us tightly in his loving hands. And and that's what Easter is about. There's so much there I would love to spend more time on. But I would just say this one to encourage and and to speak into your life, Chris, that God is still using Sarah and her story right now. Amen. It it doesn't stop. And then that reminder that I think, especially in the world that we live in, that we're, we buy into this wrong cultural idea that we just need to get over it, that there's a time where it's over, but yet God meets us and walks with us in our journey. You know, the psalmist said, even though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, his fear was not based on all the circumstances, but not having fear was not based on circumstances that he was with us. God is with mm-hmm. us and he's with us in it. And it's a journey. So hey, Brian, can, I, then. can yeah. I say something here too, Chris, and with you guys, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm a little clogged this morning. I had a lady um, I, I've had, I, I won't go through my story because this is not about me, but there was some loss in my life. And, and um, I had a lady who was a former church member of mine and, and she said to a, a friend of mine, because I was grieving pretty hard and it was pretty awful. Um, and um, she said, I just don't understand how a man of God, how a pastor cannot get over, just get over this. I was oh. like, really? So because you're, a pa- so anyway, yeah. Chris, I mean, your story is much, I mean, you don't just get over that dude. I mean, I, yeah. 
and so, we're grateful yeah. and we're thankful that God shows us grace and mercy, even if we're even if we're struggling, you know, on whatever end of that conversation um, that we're having. And I think maybe just some people are struggling, even just getting their heads around the story about how God could do this, mm. you know, and paint that quick scene for us, if you would, of what was going on. And then why do you think the crowd then said, well, God has come to help his people? Where does that come from? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoy immersing myself sometimes in a scene like this. And you can just picture, like, this this funeral, right? The whole town is there. There's a crowd with Jesus. And these are people in Israel who've been waiting for centuries for God to show up. He, he's mm-hmm. been silent for 400 years. And then Jesus arrives. And, and, and the people walking in darkness see a great light. You know, that's that's a verse we normally hear at Christmas about the birth of Jesus. But I think it describes what happened here at this little village of Nain. And so imagine yourselves like let's let's imagine ourselves. We're walking in this funeral procession. Right. The whole village knows this woman and her son. Yeah. We, we we remember the funeral of her husband. Right. We were all there. And, and so we're walking out of this village and we're headed back to the same cemetery. And everyone's hearts so heavy, right? We're weeping. We're wondering, like, why, God? Why would you do this to this woman again? And in that darkness and grief, suddenly, it's like the sun breaking out after a thunderstorm. Mm -hmm. And suddenly, this woman who was weeping is suddenly rejoicing. Suddenly, death to life. Everything changes in a flash. Yeah, and it causes them to say, right, you know, God has come to to help his people. That had to be a pretty dawning moment. What do you think was on their mind? Ed? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of surprising if you think about it. He, he, They don't say, wow, God came to help this lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They say God came to help his people. And, yes. you know, God had sent prophets before. Um, there have been resurrections before, as we said. Elijah resurrected the son of a widow 800 years before this. But Elijah didn't have the power that Jesus had. Like, when Elijah did it, he said, O Lord my God, let this child's life come into him again. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah. So, for Elijah to raise a dead boy, Elijah had to speak to God. But when Jesus raises the dead, he speaks directly to the corpse. He speaks with all the authority of God because he is God. And he says, young man, I say to you, get up. Yeah. And not long after that, there's other events. I think, you know, John chapter 11, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. There's just so many powerful things um, that we can unpack from there. Talk about uh, maybe that, uh, if you would like, you know, the story in, in Matthew, I'd rather between Martha and Mary and Lazarus and John chapter 11, where Jesus does utter those words, I am the resurrection and the life. Yeah, I mean, once again, Jesus focuses on the grieving family. And so he comes to Martha, who's grieving, and he doesn't say to Martha, hey, don't cry, I can do resurrections. Mm-hmm. He says, no, I am resurrection. Yeah. Whoever believes in me will never die. Mm-hmm. And then he asks her, do you believe this? Mm-hmm. And that's the question that I think echoes through eternity, right? Do, do we believe that Jesus himself is life? That believing in him brings new life that that real life eternal life is only possible through him and he gave it to me i i was an atheist for 10 years 
Um, but Jesus raised this young man from the dead when I was 28 years old, and I got on my knees by the Potomac River and said, Jesus, take over. Um, he replaced this heart of stone with a heart of flesh. Yeah. And I love that reference in the Old Testament. I'm going to replace that heart of stone with a heart of flesh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the interesting things about Martha, I think, if you go back to John chapter 11, when he asked that question, you know, her response was, I believe you're God, and someday you're going to resurrect him, right? She didn't quite get it yet. And I don't judge her for that because I sit here today as a pastor many times and feel like I just still don't quite get it. The mm-hmm. power of Jesus over life and death. That's right. That, you know, there is a resurrection to come, but there's spiritual resurrection still happening today. So do you think it's significant then that in our last few minutes that when Jesus reached out and, and touched this dead young man, man and the, the widow of Nain's son, why didn't Jesus just simply you know, say, I mean, God spoke the world into existence. Jesus would, had many times just spoken miracles. Why didn't he just use his voice like he did when he raised Lazarus, when he said, Lazarus, come out? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, think, I think it was deliberate. I think there's a reason. And I think it's the same reason Jesus touched lepers, people mm. who should have made him ritually unclean. Touching a leper or a dead body was a shocking thing for a rabbi to do. But when Jesus touches them, uncleanness does not flow from the corpse or the leper to Jesus. It goes the other way. Life flows from Jesus into these men. Yeah, and if you understand the Levitical purity laws that they follow, that's the exact opposite of everything they ever said. You touch a dead corpse, you become contaminated, and you contaminated someone else. But Jesus, having the power of the resurrection of life, turned it all on his head. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what Jesus is offering to us. He's saying, I have life, and I want it to flow into you. And that's what he offered Martha. When he said, I'm the resurrection and the life, everyone who believes in me shall never die. Like, this life is available to you. And and so I just say to everybody listening, like, I can't see you out there through the radio, radio waves, but Jesus sees you, friends. Jesus sees the pain you carry. Jesus sees the grief that you are burdened by. Jesus sees the scars on your heart. Jesus knows the things that no one else knows about. And he sees all of that, and he moves toward you. Your sin and shame don't scare him away, friends. He touched that leper. He touched that dead man. He wants to touch you. Easter morning means that Christ's life and light are available and ready to flow into you and me. When we turn from darkness, we turn toward Christ. Do you believe this? That's the question. Pastor Chris, thank you for your time. Before we close and head out, do you mind praying for us? Absolutely. Uh, Jesus, when we're walking in darkness, it's hard to believe that light could ever dawn again. And so I pray for everyone listening today. You, you know the heavy things on their hearts. You know their despair and doubt and disbelief. You know what they've done. You are moved, however, with compassion. Only you can wash away our sin and our shame and replace darkness with light. So Jesus, you are the resurrection and the life. So please pour your life into us today. We ask it in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. 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 And as always, this is the good news. Right, Dennis? Amen. 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 Hey, folks, 
If you want to get in touch with Pastor Chris, you can go through his church. It's onevoicefellowship.org. That's onevoicefellowship.org. Also, hey, go buy his book. Wherever you buy books, it's called Tangible, Making God Known Through Deeds of Mercy and Words of Truth. Let me say it again, Tangible, Making God Known Through Deeds of Mercy and Words of Truth. Hey, you can always go to goodnewsforthecity.com. Listen to this one more time. I would urge you to do so because it's it's certainly touched my life and given me great hope. And I hope that does that for you. Goodnewsforthecity.com. If you can't get any of those, you can always call me at the radio station, 703-807-2266. Folks, thank you for joining us today. See you again next week. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.